Are you ready to combine your passion for business and your love for God through simple, practical and profitable business practices? Do you want to have an eternal impact on the culture and community around you through your business? Now is the time to partner with God, profit with purpose and build a Kingdom Class company. Welcome to Christ in Business, where we'll explore the stories, strategies, successes and failures of those doing the ministry of Christ in Business. Here's your Kingdom Business Coach, David Robertson. Hey guys, welcome back to Christ in Business. This is the 2018 Thanksgiving edition of the podcast, the first of many to come because I have every intention to keep delivering to you guys content every week, every Thursday, 5 a.m. from now into the unforeseen future. So welcome, guys. If you're listening to this on Thanksgiving, I will have just finished making the trip from Dayton, Ohio to Texas to be with my wife's family for the weekend. And then shortly after that, in a few days that weekend, we're going to travel down with my wife to Houston and we're going to spend a week, just her and I, we're going to drop the kids off at Mamaw's house and we're going to go spend a week, her and I, celebrating our 12th wedding anniversary. Just wanted to give you a little bit of personal update, what's going on in my in my world. Lots of traveling, spending some time with my best friend and my wife, Nicole. So looking forward to this week coming up as I record this and as I get everything ready, all the final details buttoned up for our trip over the next couple of weeks. So guys, welcome back to the podcast. I have a very special treat for you guys. I want to share with you guys an interview with one of my coaches, one of my mentors, and really I, I want to call him a friend as well, Eric Dumbach. He is the founder of Coach's Coach. In fact, I just want to get into a little bit of his bio here. In 2001, Eric founded a business coaching firm and grew that firm to seven associate coaches, generating more than a million dollars in revenue with a 23% operating profit in that firm. Then four years later in 2005, he sold the firm to four associates for a million dollars, generating a return on capital of over 800%. After that, he founded Coach's Coach and has since trained more than 1,300, well over 1,300 actually, independent and franchise business coaches in the United States, Canada, Mexico, Europe, and Australasian markets. Eric has published hundreds of industry articles, white papers, and books, including the Amazon bestseller, The Million Dollar Business Coaching Firm. Then in 2011, he co-founded a digital marketing agency with no debt, no outside investment, and was able to have a 13% distribution operating profit for the co-founders in year one. And the agency later was merged with his largest customer a few years later in 2014. He wanted me to also mention that he's happily married to his wife, Deborah since 1993, and is the father of four amazing kids, Jeremiah, Hannah, Judah, and Josiah. So, guys, welcome. I just wanted to give you a brief introduction. I hope you enjoy this interview with my friend, my coach, my mentor, Eric Dumbach. Hey, Eric, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, David. Very glad to be with you this morning. Awesome. Well, it's been a long time. I know I reached out to you, and I am absolutely thrilled to be able to have you on the show. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. 
Well, Eric Dombach's my name, and I'm the founder and the CEO of Coach's Coach. And Coach's Coach is in the business of training and educating aspiring business coaches. And so these are typically mid-career executives or entrepreneurs coming out of a business or a profit center or a large corporation wanting to make a mid-career transition and begin life and a second career as a business coach. And we've been helping people make that transition and build successful business coaching practices for over 15 years. We've got hundreds of coaches around the world who use our methods, processes, intellectual property. We believe in small business. We love small to mid-sized businesses, and we believe in the business coaches that are helping them build better businesses. And David, you are one of my favorite business coaches in the world uh, (laughs) because of your heart for God and the way you bring your faith in Christ into your space. And uh, so anyway, glad to be with you here this morning. Yes, well, thank you. I appreciate that. But it it is an honor to be able to have you on the show and have you as one of my mentors and as my coach as well, have you on the show and dive into this idea of what it means to bring our faith, bring our our relationship with God into the our business and what it looks like practically just to live that out, live that out. Mm-hmm. So tell us real quick a little bit about how Coach's Coach came about and how... Tell us a little bit about that story. I know there's a great story there. Yeah. I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. My mom and dad owned several businesses and you know did very well with them. I ended up getting an engineering degree, electrical engineering, and did that for a couple of years. Then felt God's call into ministry. At the time, my categories were pretty narrow, pretty slim, and I felt God's call into ministry. And at the time, I considered that a call to ministry meant being, you know, like a pastor in a church. And so what I did is I, I left my engineering job, became a youth pastor, then over time an associate pastor, and did that for six or seven years. I was trying to raise money. I was trying to raise a million dollars to put up a teen center, kind of like a community center specifically geared to reach at-risk teenagers in our city mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania. And uh, I was struggling to raise the money. I mean, we raised some was struggling to raise the money and was just praying about it and heard the Lord say to me at one point, son, you need to learn the ways of money. You need to learn the ways. If you're trying to raise money, you need to learn the ways of money. I'm Mm. calling you into business to learn the ways of money. And I heard him say that, and that took me on a journey, started reading books about business for really the first time in my life, even though I grew grew up in a business family and gave my heart to Christ as a college student. I hadn't really given much thought to being in business for myself, had never run a business for myself. I just didn't know much about it. I began reading books about it. Finally, since the Lord telling me how to go about it, he said, you know, become a business consultant was the sense I started getting in my heart. And as I started looking into that industry, I realized there was an emerging industry called business coaching, which is similar to consulting in that it's about trafficking in business best practices. But business coaching is a little different than consulting and that consultants generally come in, do projects, produce deliverables, and leave. Business coaches are much more relational, much more transformational. They come alongside business owners and mentor those business owners in growing profitable, healthy businesses and actually deliver a customized business education to the business owner. And as I started to understand how that business model works, I fell in love with it built a business coaching firm over a period of four years. 
uh, from 2001 to 2005. And God was with us. God helped us. Can't really take credit for it in one sense, but we grew it from zero to a million dollars a year. And then in 2005, sold that business to four of my employees. I had seven associate coaches that working for me at that time, sold it to four of them who bought me out for a million dollars. So it was a pretty good journey. And I realized that in that process, we had developed some really very special things, um, processing systems, templates, ways of viewing business and ways of helping business owners. God had done something very special. So we started the Coaches Coach as a way of teaching coaches around the world how to do what we had done in, in our city in Pennsylvania. And so that was uh, how Coaches Coach began, and that was you know roughly 2005. So. Wow, that's awesome. I know you kind of breezed over it a little real quick. You said you built the, your coaching practice in four years. Yes. And you ended up selling it, and you sold it for over a million dollars. Well, we sold it for a million dollars, yeah. We, we were doing just over a million dollars a year in revenue at that point. Wow. And so, you know, one-time revenue, I think it was 23% operating profit, so, you know, four times profit, one-time revenue. And just to close the loop, it was great, you know, because several years after that, we were able to, you know, fulfill the dream. I had helped put a board in place for the teen center in, in our city, and we ended up building that teen center, uh, you know, millions of dollars it cost to put that thing up, and it stands today, still running, making a difference in the lives of teenagers. So everything we set out to do, we got done there, which is pretty special. Neat, neat. So you go through this process, you're a youth pastor or associate pastor, and you're trying to raise money for this organization, and God calls you into business by saying, while you're raising money, you need to learn how money works. How, how, I think you said, learn the ways of money. Yeah. You kind of jumped into that and took your experience from your family in business and the studying you've done in business and, and jumped into coaching. And it sounds like you just went after it and in, in four years built this organization that was running by itself. It was profitable. And you could sell. Um, and then you said, what can I do with this experience? And that's how Coach's Coach was born. Um, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Awesome story. It's worth mentioning, too. You know, one, During that four-year process, I started my graduate-level studies in business. I mean, I did some undergraduate courses in business, did some graduate-level courses in business, and uh, working toward an MBA. There were many seasons where I, I was literally praying and saying, God, what do I do? to fix this issue in this particular small business. I mean, at one point I was carrying between 15 and, you know, as high as 20 or even there were certain seasons there where I was carrying as many as 25 clients. I mean, the, coaching that many small businesses. Now, in retrospect, 25 was too many. I was spread a little too thin. I was, but I was still trying to figure it all out. Wow. Yeah, you know, the optimal number of businesses for a coach to coach at once, I think, is between 15 and 20. So we've seen it all. I mean, very challenging, difficult situations, sometimes family-owned businesses. you got family members mm-hmm. trying to work out how to lead a business together with all their family dysfunction. You know, one of the things that I, I realized was after seven years being a pastor, I had learned how to communicate, you know, so I could stand in front of a group and train them. I'd learned how to counsel people. I'd learned, help people work through marriage issues. So there was just a lot in my skill set that was very helpful. But yeah, I love small business. And, you know, and I've bought and built and sold several other businesses over the years. So I'm still very much engaged in small business. And I still coach. I mean, I still have a, 
a handful of business owners that I work with and enjoy the process very much. So in all of this, what's your definition of success as a Christian in the marketplace? I have kind of a life verse when it comes to the way I think about my role in the marketplace. It comes out of Daniel chapter 1. Most of us are more than familiar with the story of how Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came into Jerusalem, besieged it, grabbed the king and you know a bunch of people and exiled them into Babylon. And uh, Daniel and his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, were part of that group that got hauled off to Babylon. And you know we know the story, but there's this wonderful little verse that we see in Daniel chapter one. And it says uh, in verse 19, the king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. That verse right there would preach. The king talked with them, found none equal to, so they entered the king's service. And actually, maybe maybe I will say a little bit about that, which is my feeling has been that Whatever station in life we're called to, our job is to be the best we can be. In fact, our job is to be better than everyone else. I really believe that. The king talked with them, and he found none equal, none equal to them. They were the children of God. They were the Israelites. The king found none equal. And I feel like no matter what we're called into, what station in life, we're to be better than the rest because God is with us. We're his kids. We should stand out, stand up and be better than the rest. And I'm talking about excellence in our vocational sphere. So in our case, David, you and I are involved in the world of small business. And if we think about the seven mountains teaching that has become popular over the last few decades, originally was popularized by Lauren Cunningham and Bill Bright. Mm -hmm. You can look all that up online. But, you know, the seven mountains teaching the idea that there are, you know, are seven spheres of society that influence our culture, you know. So you got education, business, religion, politics, sports and entertainment, media, arts, all that kind of stuff. So all these different spheres of life that influence and really shape and drive culture. No matter which of those we're involved in and have been called by God to be involved in, we should be the best. But then the, the next verse says. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better <laughs> than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. Wow. He found them ten times better. So so my message whenever I've preached to young people – I live in a college town, so there's literally 50,000 students here. Sometimes I get the chance to talk to them. Whenever I do, I say, hey, look, your job as a young person preparing for whatever career it is is to be 10 times better. And God will do it. I mean, if you do your part and pursue that excellent spirit, you know, that spirit of excellence and achievement, if you'll do that, God will breathe on your life and the 10x factor will happen. It's something God will do. You know, you, you do your part, God will do his. And the idea there then is to gain influence, gain influence that God can use us to speak to power and even to come into positions of influence where we can represent God in decisions that are made. So, you know, you see that Daniel actually was an advisor to at least three, potentially four administrations over his lifetime. He was an advisor in the kingdom of Babylon 
for at least three, maybe four administrations. Joseph, of course, ascended and became an advisor and really was put in charge you know, of the entire country of Egypt and then all the countryside that, you know, all the areas that they overtook, you know, during the famine. Anyway, God is very interested in having his people in positions of influence and even in positions of government. So that's part of my life message, you know, to Christians in business. Hey, be the best. Be the best you can be and see how God will use you. See you know, what level of prominence he will raise you into. Now, there's going to be a lot of suffering and character formation along the way, but see how God will use you to shape entire industries even, you know. That's been, I suppose, what I've been aspiring to. I, I want to shape our industry, the industry we're in, and I want to be one of the voices God will use for righteousness and goodness in our industry. That's a good challenge to accept. I talked to a couple of my clients that I have that are, kingdom businesses, I I talked to them about a similar principle as far as going beyond world class and entering kingdom class. Um, (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I love that. What does it look like to have your business have a fingerprint of a child of God on it? You know, I was in in a meeting at one point, and I probably told this story in another episode, but, um, I'll keep telling it because it it hits home and it hits my heart and challenges me personally. And it challenges me to raise a standard as well in my own life. But I was in this meeting, I got some business leaders together, kingdom business leaders together in our city. And we were talking about what it would be like to create a community of Christian business owners. And there's, there's this one guy, he uh, manages right around $20 billion worth of assets and it's a $40 million company. And, and he says, you know, whenever I see John 316 or I'm introduced to someone, Hey, I'm a Christian business. I, I want to reach for my wallet because I feel like I'm about ready to be taken. We have a Christian phone book or a Christian thing. And the reputation in there is that you, there's a lot of people that are that just use Christ for marketing and just use the cross for marketing purposes to get in front of a certain market of people. And, and, but the quality you get is, is subpar. And that's a reputation that I have felt is not biblical. It's not something it's not, doesn't show the, the glory of Christ the way his body ought to show the glory of Christ in business. Um, it's one of the reasons of starting this podcast just to be able to say, hey, this idea of faith and business, they go together. Business isn't just a necessary evil in the world, but business is actually genuinely a good, righteous, moral thing. And what does it look like when we partner with God and bring them into it and raise the standard of those around us so that I think in Acts it set, talks about their numbers grew daily and no one was quick to join, but they were held in high esteem. This group of people was was changing and impacting the culture around them in a way that the world looked at them and, and they didn't join quickly, but they were still respected. They were still held in high esteem in the culture around them. I love that. Yes. I love the verses you brought up. You said that was Daniel, the first chapter, verses 19? Yes. 19 and 20? Daniel chapter 1, 19 and 20. Yes, sir. Awesome. I'm going to definitely go back and read that. And I challenge anybody listening, if you haven't read it, go back and read it yourself and spend some time thinking about what that looks like in your own business. What does it look like for you to invite God in into your business? And what does the 10x factor as a kingdom business look like in your own life, in your own job, in your own business? Eric, can you share a story with us when maybe your faith was tested in business? Share what happened with that. 
sure. Boy, I, there's so many incidents that come to mind. <laughs> I think, like I think if anybody that's running a business or running a small business or has ever run a small business can, you know, identify. I mean, I think like my faith gets tested every single day. But <laughs> yes, but there's one incident that comes to mind. Right after I sold my million-dollar coaching firm, I broke out one of the operation units that had maybe four or five people in it and then grew that into a business that was doing marketing for business coaches and then other professionals, you know, business brokers, financial planners. And just, I mean, we just started growing that business into doing marketing for a whole bunch of professional service providers and, and various verticals. And I had to start hiring people to make the outbound phone calls. And um, boy, we, we hired some really kind of interesting characters. We found ourselves hiring people who were very good at selling, but had been involved in their previous lives, uh, been involved in some pretty rough stuff. You know, whether it was uh, you know dealing drugs or whatever, we we actually started mm. deliberately hiring people that we knew were really good at thinking on their feet, but have you know may have plied their trade in some uh, not so reputable places and ways, <laughs> uh, shall I say? Yeah. And so that was very special, actually, because we ended up in a position where we were able to hire a chaplain to work for us and come in and do Bible studies and begin making disciples out of some of these characters. And we actually saw some people come to Christ because of that work, which is very special to me. I mean, I just was ah, so, so beautiful, so amazing. And one of these young men was actually a recovering drug addict. And I began to just really like him and care for him and I actually began to treat him, you know, a little bit like I, I would treat a son, or, or a lot like I would treat a son. Hmm. Uh, one of the hardest, most challenging things that ever happened to me was um, when I got word that he and his girlfriend had embezzled, oh, I don't know, $20,000 from me over a period of a number of months. Wow. And it was it was like a obviously a dagger to the heart. And I found out like in the week leading up to payroll. So there was an emotional sense of being betrayed. Obviously, there was this catastrophic, the potential of this catastrophic event, you know, as we were obviously trying to make payroll. Um, yeah. Somehow we made it through, but it was just horrible. Yeah. And I found out when I was like uh, you know, 10 hours away, on like a vacation or some kind of a trip with my family. So I was just actually physically away. Mm. And my manager called and told me this whole story. I mean, it was just crushing for all the reasons I described. So the first order of business was, hey, how do we make it through payroll without this money? Um, and then the second thing, once I got back, was what in the world do I do with this young man? I mean, in his early 20s. And so we got some advice from people. Some people said, you know, obviously fire him, you know, prosecute mm -hmm. him, put him in jail. It would have been very easy to do. But I prayed it through, and what I ended up deciding to do was um, to have him sign a confession of judgment, uh, just basically admitting to everything he had done. But I told him, here's the deal. If you'll stay and keep working, I'm not going to bring the force of the law down on you. I'm going to show you mercy. If you'll stay and just work this off over time, I'm going to give you a second chance. And, and uh, that's exactly what I did, and that's exactly what he did. I remember very clearly a number of months later, I, you know, it took some time, but a number of months later for him to work down that debt. And I never had to bring the wrath of the law down upon him, you know, because he just humbled himself. He asked for forgiveness and 
and he wanted to be reconciled and all that kind of stuff. So it was a very beautiful, I mean, it ended very beautifully. Tragically, you know, many years later, he had come to Christ and was being discipled in our business, but tragically, many years later, he ended up backsliding, going back into drugs, and ended up ultimately overdosing and dying from, from an addiction. Mm. And that was heartbreaking. Yeah. So, you know, I, some of the worst, probably most painful sufferings in my business career have been around people, people that I love, people that I've trusted, maybe people I've trusted too much or people I've then poured into and have been a disappointment, you know. Mm. But Jesus did all that, too, and it's just part of the journey. We just love selflessly. Sometimes we love even recklessly, hope for the best, and endure the things that don't go well, you know. Yeah, well, talk about a super practical way just to share forgiveness and share mercy and be able to restore relationship just the way Christ does with us and, and a practical way to do that, even when it doesn't necessarily make sense in the world's eyes. But it does make sense when we consider what Christ has done for us. That's a great story. As you're going through, you said you're still doing coaching, obviously. You you have a handful of of business owners. And then in addition to that, you're mentoring other business coaches. But as you go through your daily life, what is one habit that you do on a daily basis that helps you to be successful as a marketplace Christian or successful in business? This is probably not going to be shocking or surprising, but the habit is a simple one. I rise every day around six o'clock, depending on my bedtime. Sometimes it's five thirty in the morning. Sometimes it's six fifteen or something. But I rise typically yeah. around six. I make my bulletproof coffee, and I go and I sit and I have time alone with the Lord. And I'm reading my Bible and I'm praying and I do that. And I write in a journal and I do that. I do that every morning for an hour, hour and a half. Every morning I do it without fail. And again, that may sound like Oh, ho-hum, like we've all heard that before. But I will tell you, there was a period of time in my life for a few years where I, in retrospect, I, I'm actually surprised. Like, why, why would I have not done that? But there was a period of time in my life where things got so busy, got so busy, the pressures just got to be so demanding that I would have maybe five minutes or some mornings just didn't read my Bible at all. There was a period, I, I probably was a couple years long, where I wasn't as disciplined about that, or just felt like, like the tyranny of the urgent, you know, was a good enough excuse for not reading my Bible and praying. And boy, you know, in retrospect, I paid a price for that. When I was not reading my Bible, sitting down, having quiet time, reading my Bible, you know, making journal entries or praying or whatever, but just a good hour, hour and a half seeking God. When I went through that season where I didn't do that, I paid a price. I could tell I wasn't as close to the heart of God. The things that should have bothered me more in my own conduct or in the conduct of others that were influencing me, the things that should have bothered me more didn't bother me as much as they should have. I, I can tell now in retrospect, look back. And it was a mistake. It cost me. Some of the decisions that were, were costly to me in business would have been, I'm convinced, avoidable had I been closer to and sensing the heart of God more clearly during that season in my life. And, and I learned from that. So I've developed a, a very, I mean, very deeply ingrained habit now of what I do every single morning. I mean, every single morning without fail. So I would commend that to every Christian, every Christian person in business, no matter what, you know, make it a non-negotiable 
Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things where everything that God has done for us and everything that Jesus came and, and paid the price and hung on the cross and sacrificed for us, he did it. The Bible says he did it for the joy set before him. And he did it so that ultimately that we could have communion and relationship with him. Those actions say that one of his biggest values is that he has a relationship with us. One of his biggest, one of the God's biggest core values, if you could say that, is intimacy with you and I. And therefore, one of our biggest values ought to be intimacy with him. So I think that absolutely right on. I, I have a a set of four rituals, although now, because we have a new baby, a lot of those rituals have been interrupted and I'm having to go back and say, all right, now how do I need to rework, redesign my, my life here? But I know that the way I end my day and the way I start my day, a lot of times handles about what the progress that I make and what happens in between. It sets the tone and spending that time with the father, if we're in business with him and, and this is his business and spending that time just talking to him about our life, talking to him about him and hearing from him and hearing and receiving wisdom from him. It makes a lot of sense to set the day up, especially when when you look at Ephesians 2.10. One of my favorite verses um, talks about that we are God's handiwork or God's masterpiece created to do the work that he has set up in advance for us to live out. So if he's already set up the good works that we're supposed to be living out, then approaching him and, and spending some time with him in the morning about what he has set up for us throughout the day makes a lot of sense. David, there's another thing that comes to mind there. Um, John ten twenty seven. my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. I love that. My sheep listen to my voice. Yeah. They, I'll, I'll share even just something that is a kind of recent upgrade for me, even within the past couple years, you know. So in addition to the habit I was just describing, there was a period where, you know, I plug in my iPhone next to bed, and there was a period where I I just realized, like, every morning when I wake up, I'm grabbing my iPhone, and I'm just beginning to read emails or text messages or news stories or Facebook or, you know, just whatever. And I just felt like the Lord challenged me. This was a couple years ago. challenged me, like, hey, why don't you let my voice be the first thing you listen to in the morning? Mm. rather than all that other stuff. Like, yeah, oh, that's really good. So so I had to break a habit, actually. You know, like we, we can develop habits that become muscle memory. My habit was I reach over, I grab my phone, unplug it, and begin. That'd become a habit. So what mm-hmm. I did is I took my phone at night and plugged it in in my closet. And it took some number of weeks of, you know, stop, to where I actually stopped reaching over to grab my phone first in the morning when I woke up. Yeah, I mean, these days I, I'm now plugging it in again, but I don't grab my phone anymore. I, I broke that habit of grabbing my phone. But what's happened, David, now is, you know, John 10, 27. When I changed the habit, I began to hear Jesus's voice. I began to hear the voice of the Lord speaking to me about stuff, you know, like thinking about business issues, business challenges, thinking about family issues, family, I mean, whatever. The case, I started to hear his voice first thing in the morning. And I would, so I would wake up around 5.45 or 6 or whatever it is, and I would just lay there. And this, so this is what I do now. I lay there and I listen for his voice. This is before I even get up and do my bulletproof coffee and go to my office and read my Bible and write my journal and pray. Before any of that, I now listen for his voice. Hmm. And it's been beautiful. It's just been beautiful. I'll just lay there for a while, and he and I will just talk and reflect. 
I get downloads of business strategy, ideas to solve problems, wisdom on what to do, on how to deal with issues. I get all of that so many times in that first 15 minutes. Sometimes it'll be the entire 15 minutes, 5 minutes, 10, 15, 20 minutes. But I get all that now much more efficiently because of this new habit I've developed. So just thought I'd share that too. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to start adding that 15-minute buffer to my work. Typically, I wake up and I, I start working out, starting that up again this week after taking a month off for newborn. But I'm going to add that 15-minute buffer in there to just to say good morning and receive and listen. Beautiful. What are you excited about in the next coming months with Coach's Coach? What's one thing that you can you can say, hey, we're getting ready to do this, or hey, we're, we have this starting, or what? Just give it, I guess, a, a chance, a short plug for whatever whatever you're doing and whatever you're excited about. Oh man, there's so much. I, you know, a couple of things I'm excited about. But you know, one of the things is we're just, you know, we're growing. We seem to be, you know, have hit this sweet spot. I mean, we just have, in the last six months alone, my inbound lead generation has doubled, or or I think even more recently, almost tripled now in the last, again, maybe maybe half year or so. Wow. So it's yeah, our inbound lead flow is just kind of going through the roof. It's really amazing, and so I'm certifying coaches as quickly as I can. For us, we only certify a coach's coach once they're billing twenty thousand dollars per month consistently. So twenty thousand dollars a month—that's nearly quarter of a million dollars a year in revenue. So it's a that's a good living, and so that's what we do. We certify coaches then who can teach our material. I'm basically onboarding certified coaches to help consume the demand. One of the other things is when an economy is in an expansionary environment, people feel courage to start their own businesses. So I, I think that's part of it too. A lot of people right now, because of the expansionary environment we're in economically, is you know a lot, a lot of people are open to exploring the idea of going out on their own. And, and a lot of these people in career transition are contemplating becoming business coaches. So it's a good time. It's an exciting time. Um, one of the other things I'm doing is, as I have done for many years, is I'm continually looking for businesses not only to coach because I still like that, but also to buy. You know, that's one of the other things that we're probably out of time to talk about more. But you know, I like the right kind of businesses actually buying them hmm. and not just coaching them. So, you know, we're we're continuing to look at that. So that's a lot of fun too. That's exciting. It sounds like you guys have a lot of momentum, and it's about stewarding that momentum at this point. Right. 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 Awesome. Well, go ahead and boil it down for one statement, condense your wisdom, any parting words for maybe anybody who's struggling to integrate their faith into business in a practical way or just struggling in business in general. You you understand that struggle. You've coached it. You've lived it. You've been there. So kind of boil it down. What's a, what's your parting words? So just... My parting words are, first of all, thank you for being in business as a Christian. Thank you for saying yes to the call to be in the marketplace. And my encouragement to you is believe God, believe God for an excellent business. Believe God that he wants to use you to build a business that's 10 times better than your competitors. I want you to believe that because <laughs> if you don't believe that that's the nature and the heart and the character of God, that he wants you to be better than the rest, you know, if you don't believe that, then everything else you do will be hamstrung. So believe that. And then if you need help, you know, if, if you're struggling in any way, go find preferably a Christian business coach. Go find somebody who's in the business 
of business best practices. Go find somebody to help you. You know, David is a, an amazing business coach, heart after God, heart for people. He's doing it for all the right reasons. You know, and there are many, many, many more like him uh, in our network and, and other places. So go get help if you need it. Believe God for the best. Go hard and, and uh, let your light shine for Christ. All right. There you have it. Eric Dumbach, founder of Coaches Coach. You can find his information at mycoachescoach.com where he helps mid-level executives and entrepreneurs who transition into business coaching and create a profitable coaching practice. So guys, I hope you enjoyed listening to that interview as much as I enjoyed getting some insights from Eric. I really do respect him. Good man of God. And wow, what an insight about Daniel chapter one, verses 19 and 20. Number one, that when the king observed Daniel and his friends that they could not find anybody better in the kingdom. And number two, that he excelled and was 10 times greater than anybody else. So not only that he was just better than anybody else, but he was 10 times better than anyone else. That's really what I'm talking about in the earlier episodes about what kingdom class looks like. It looks like that we're as kingdom businesses, as, as kingdom entrepreneurs, that we are better than our competition in every way, not just how we treat people, but also how we market to people and also how we steward our finances, how we create boundaries in our own life. Everything that we do from business to personal to relationships, everything that we do should be better and should have a fingerprint of a perfect God on it. So guys, that was just a really great interview. I really enjoyed introducing you to Eric. Hopefully you got some good insights for your own business there. Some things that I took note of is that, that number one, I'll say it again, the Daniel chapter one, 19 and 20, 10 times better, 10 times better than your competition. And his challenge and encouragement to us at the end to believe God for an excellent business. Then number two, takeaways that I'm adding to my own life, and I have added since the recording, is to spend the first few minutes of every day just to listen to the voice of God, to wake up and say, good morning, Father, good morning, Jesus. What do you have for me today? What do you want to say to me today? And spend that first few minutes before even getting out of bed doing that. The third thing is to find a business coach preferably a Christian business coach who knows what it means to be in business to glorify God and help you work through the best practices of building a successful company. So with that, I wanted to share a little bit about my own coaching practice. I do one-on-one coaching, kingdom business coaching. I am pretty much full. I have a couple spots left for one-on-one coaching. So if you're interested in that, you can find that at thedavidrobertson.com and click on the work with me page and then find the application that's by application only. When you click on that application button, you can go ahead and schedule a time and fill out the application and we'll sit down and talk if it seems like a good fit and then we'll kind of move forward from there. But because my schedule is getting pretty full at this point, honestly, I look back at my schedule a couple weeks ago and just to be completely transparent, I had maybe 15 minutes booked out between appointments 
all day long. I had like seven or eight appointments all day long, just booked. I'm really booked solid on my coaching days right now. Because of that, I'm changing a little bit of my program. I'm taking a portion of my program in one-on-one coaching. The first 60 days of my program is spent building a foundation so we can make sure that we have all the right KPIs, we can have all the right practice, we have your time as an entrepreneur set aside to be able to do things correctly, to be able to work on the business instead of just in the business, also to find some free time to create margin in your life. We work on your marketing, we work on strategic planning, we work on the message, getting clarity on your message so you can attract more clients, also putting a revenue and profit budget in place, finding your break-even point, putting all that stuff, getting real clarity on the what I call the murky waters of business finance. But all of that first 60 days in one-on-one coaching is to build a foundation so that you can actually move a major needle in your business and start getting big revenue growth and profit growth in your business. So what I'm doing is I'm actually taking that first 60 days of my one-on-one coaching program and I'm going to be launching a group 60-day group coaching course that will walk through all of those foundation pieces. We're going to get in control of your time. We're going to find and document your break-even point and create a revenue and profit budget so we can start forecasting where we're going in the future. We're going to get clarity on your marketing message so you can start attracting the most profitable, the best ideal clients that you can find. And then we're also going to create a tactical marketing plan. We have over 300 different marketing activities that can affect the growth of your business. We're going to get clarity and start nailing down a written tactical marketing plan with the purpose of creating an unlimited marketing budget, which that's something we're going to talk about on next week's episode. So be sure to stay tuned there. Then also we're going to be creating a strategic plan and learning how to pull your team together. So your employees don't just do what you ask, but they actually do what's needed. And you have a cohesive team pulling for the same goals, the same success of the business as you are. So if that's something that you're interested in, go ahead and go to the show notes, which will be at thedavidrobertson.com slash CIB007. That's Christ in Business, CIB007. And there'll be a link in there. Sign up for a list if you're interested in that. And I can share a little bit more information about that. But I just wanted to let you know that it is coming. It's going to start January 7th. As soon as I open that up and make it available, I'm only going to be doing this for 10 people in January just to see how it goes. And I want to bring the same principles, the same material that has gotten amazing results one-on-one. And I want to bring that into a group coaching environment and get results with more people in a shorter amount of time. So if you're interested in being part of that case study group or that test group, then go ahead and go to the show notes and just click on the link and give me your name and email address and we'll get started from there. Other than that, guys, I just want to do bless you guys. Have a good Thanksgiving. Enjoy your time with the family. Hopefully you guys have the margin and have the ability to take some time off this weekend and just be with your family. Be thankful for what you have going on. Be thankful for everything God has done this year. And as we go into this next month of celebration and next month of reviewing and renewing our mind, renewing our efforts and kind of reviewing what God has done and preparing 
to go into 2019 refreshed and ready to go and take a hold of it and do the things, the good work that God has set us up for in advance. So until next time, guys, thank you for listening and have a great holiday weekend. Until next time, go be Christ in business. As this show is new, any and all support is greatly appreciated. If you haven't done so already, first, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, Android, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Second, if you like the show, write a five-star rating and review. And finally, share the podcast with anybody you know that has a passion for business and a love for God, and invite them along with you to build a Kingdom Class company.